Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Hi, friends, and welcome to Walk with God. My name is Brenda McCord, and today Walt and I want to tell you about an extraordinary bike trip. We worked for a Christian camp, and we were leaders for a group of teenagers who rode bikes from New Jersey to Florida in the summer of 1981. I was the female counselor, and we had another male counselor, and Walt was the director over all travel details and flat tires. And boy, did I change a bunch of those flat tires. But don't forget my most important job um, at rest stops. After riding 20 to 30 miles, the group would need a break. And that was one of my favorite jobs. I'd, I'd search for fresh fruit at stands along the way. I'd buy watermelon and peaches. And then I'd have ice cold water ready in a big cooler for when they came in for the rest stop. Yeah, and I remember one particular day and that was 40 years ago. Well, that long? <laughs> yeah. And we, I think we were in the state of South Carolina. And that particular morning, we really had pushed the group uh, because there was, it was going to be a hot day. And we had pushed them to do almost 35 miles before a rest stop. And as we rolled into that rest stop, I was hot and tired myself and came in at the back of the group we had a couple teenagers that needed a little extra encouragement <laughs> and motivation. Yes, we did. And, <laughs> and I remember as I was getting off my bike, you walked toward me and you handed me a fresh South Carolina peach and this cup of cold water. And we weren't dating at the time. We, I mean, we were doing ministry, but I thought to myself, this is really kind of Walt, because I was thirsty. But thank you for showing that kindness to me. And I still remember it 40 years later. <laughs> and Brenda, even as you're telling the story, you said we weren't dating at the time, but I was definitely interested. Yeah, well, I was checking it, you out. Yeah, well, you know, it's time for us to transition into our Bible story. So let's talk about what have we been learning in Ruth and especially focusing on chapter two. Yeah, well, in chapter two, Naomi and Ruth have come to Bethlehem. They're two widows. They don't have insurance. They don't have social security. Um, they don't have a police force protecting them. It's spring, and it's a time for the barley harvest. And Ruth takes that initiative and asks her mother-in-law if she may go out into the barley fields to glean, because they need food just to stay alive. And uh, you may recall that phrase in Ruth chapter 2, verse 3, Ruth happened to come mm. to the field of Boaz. I, I love this. Yeah. And this isn't just luck or an accident or, well, you know, how how unusual to get to just the right field. This is God's divine providence. God was directing Ruth to just the right field at just the right time. Yeah, and God obviously had a plan, and we're unpacking that as we go through the book of Ruth. Ruth uh, is noticed by Boaz in chapter 2 as he arrives at the field. He, in fact, asks his his foreman, who is that woman working in the field? And he didn't have to speak to her, but he actually did go over. We saw last week in the early part of chapter two that even though she was a Moabite, she was a woman. 
he actually went over to her and he spoke to her and told her that she could drink water. And, and it's interesting. Ruth gets it. She um, ends up down at his feet with deep appreciation um, that, that this um, important man would be speaking to her, a foreign woman. It kind of reminds me of Jesus uh, with a, a woman at a well in Samaria who had a questionable past and mm. just how kind he was and how he interacted with with people that were others, people who were different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as we continue today now in Ruth chapter 2, let's pick up our story in verse 14. You can follow along or just listen as I read this verse. At mealtime, Boaz called to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. I always like to refer to this verse as lunch in the barley field. Boaz, in fact, as the workers moved toward their lunch break, I'm sure she was somewhat hesitant, right? Like, am I included? What am I supposed to do now? And Boaz actually called to her and said, come over here. And he asked her to sit down and to partake and said, take some bread, dip it in the sour wine. I have to ask, roasted grain, I've never had roasted grain. Have you had roasted grain? <laughs> yes, does I. It, does I, it taste like popcorn? Um, No, but it's sort of like popcorn. It, it, I did have uh, some roasted grain. Actually, in 21 years ago, I spent seven weeks in Israel training to to take groups on Bible study tours of Israel. And um, as part of that time, for two and a half weeks, we lived in the old city in Jerusalem. And there you could go to the vendors and they would have roasted grain and they would give it to you like in styrofoam cups. It, it was still warm. Sometimes um, mine, I think, had sesame in with it. And um, it was really okay. And not great, but okay. Yeah, great little snack. A good snack. Good snack. So interesting that Boaz, as the owner of these, this field, serves wo- a woman, a Moabite woman, who ha- has come and is gleaning and... I'm just thinking of this and in, in this whole scenario that Ruth is actually being treated with respect as she comes into the shelter for lunch. Yeah, and, and she's actually being treated like she's his daughter. Mm, yeah, and that's what he called her. In fact, we saw that last week right. in the first part of two. Well, let's continue with our story 15 and 16. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the leaves with, without stopping her and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. What are his workers thinking as he's giving them these instructions and they're saying, I mean, what what's going on with Boaz? What's happening here? And Boaz has already um, shown an example by his actions, but now he's going to give very specific instructions to his young men. Um, he says, allow her to gather among the sheaves, pull out some heads of barley and Uh, The King James says, give her handfuls on purpose. Uh, This is an amazing act of generosity because the law provided for the needy and the stranger in Leviticus 19 to glean. 
but they were only to glean in the very corners. And in this case, she's among the sheaves. I mean, she, mm. this is unusual. Um, and this is, is noticed. So he is saying, let her come among the sheaves. In fact, drop on purpose heads of barley and, and don't scold her, but let her pick them up. And I love that Leviticus 19 verses 9 and 10, where it says, provide for the needy and the stranger. But that end of that verse there is for I am the Lord, your God. This is a provision that God has provided in his law for his people. And oh, here's another clue into who Boaz is. He knows God's word. He is a student of the law and he understands and he is being more than generous. And he has a very important instruction that he gives the workers. Do not hassle her. Do not touch her. Do not harm her. Ruth's a foreign woman. And we know that's been stated multiple times in the book of Ruth so far. And the human tendency would be to look down on her, speak unkind words to her. She, you, I think you mentioned last week, she might have had a foreign accent, probably does, didn't know Hebrew real well. And so a lot of areas where they could have mocked her, made um, fun of her. And he said, don't hassle her, don't harm her, and don't physically harm her or touch her as well. And remember, this is during the period of the judges, when, mm -hmm. when everyone's doing that which is right in their own eyes, mm -hmm. and people are being abused. And, mm -hmm. and Boaz is not going to let that happen to Ruth or Naomi. Yeah. So continuing uh, verses 17 and 18, Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. And I love that Ruth starts working early and she continues working into the evening. Um, beating out the grain in the, in, in the late afternoon when the wind comes in off the Mediterranean. And she beat out the grain and she filled an entire basket that the Hebrews ifeth, and it's 20 quarts or about 22 liters. And this would have provided their, their food for about a week for both women. Um, and as she walks back home and shows Naomi, Ruth gives Naomi some roasted grain from leftover from lunch. And Ruth blesses Naomi and Naomi gets it. Yeah, and then she says to her daughter-in-law, where did you gather all this grain today? I mean, you can only imagine Ruth showing up at the door with a basket. I mean, that's a lot of grain. And she's, she. how did you get this gleaning in the corners, right? Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who's helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law all about the man in whose field she has worked. She said, the man I worked with today is named Boaz. And Naomi's response, we've heard this in chapter two earlier, may the Lord bless him. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Remember verse one in chapter two told us that Boaz is related to Elimelech. Yeah, and, and the Lord, um, he she says, may the Lord bless him because he's showing us kindness when it's not required or necessary. 
um, I, in the New American Standard Version, it says, May he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn his kindness. And that's the Hebrew word hesed to the living or the dead. And um, really, this section leads us into uh, an important concept that we're going to continue to talk about over the next few weeks, but um, that of a kinsman redeemer. He's a near relative. Um, in the Hebrew, it's goel. And in Leviticus 25, it says, here are some of the requirements of, of, of this kinsman redeemer. First of all, he must be legally entitled to redeem. And then second, he must be able to, to redeem. He has the financial resources. And then third, he must be willing to redeem. He, he has to want to do this. And then finally, he must pay the price to redeem. Um, and remember, all of this was to keep land in the family, farmland in the family, and, in, and to raise up a name for these two dead sons of Naomi. Yeah. And this kinsman redeemer is such a title that we are going to really look more closely at in our coming weeks. And I I love this part of the story of who Boaz is. And he is going to be a lovely picture of a kinsman redeemer. Let's finish reading the verses in chapter 2, verses 21 to 23. Then Ruth said, what's more? Boaz even told me to come back and stay with us harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth walked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer, and all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. Naomi wanted to hear the details of the day, and I love that the conversation flowed back and forth. Yeah. You can only imagine the encouragement of Ruth's heart. She was exhausted when she got home that day. I can't even imagine her back, her legs. She had to be so tired, but she was excited. She could not believe God's blessing that day. And Naomi has been sitting, waiting at home and wondering, praying for this daughter who had gone out to glean and praying for her safety, yeah, we'll that she safe. would be safe. And here comes her daughter with this basket full of grain. And Naomi says, follow Boaz's instructions, stay in his fields because you might be harassed, you might be physically harmed. And we've even talked, Walt, that that's that idea that she could be raped by men, totally taken advantage of sexually and physically. And so Naomi says, stay where you will be safe because you will be safe with Boaz. And, and it's not just for a day or a week. I mean, the, both the barley and then going into the wheat harvest, we're talking the better part of two months. Yeah, months, months worth of time. And once again, another snapshot of who Boaz is. You will be safe with him. And so Ruth worked in his fields that entire barley and wheat harvest season. She stayed with her mother-in-law. She went out to work hard during the day and would return home with the grain. And with that, chapter two concludes. And remember, we always want to do that all-important task of of not just learning head knowledge, 
but um, applying that to our heart and then living it out with our words and our actions. And Boaz is going to do this. I mean, we've been, he's been introduced as a, a wealthy businessman, um, he's, but he's kind and generous, and he blesses Ruth and then by extension Naomi. And remember, this kindness cost Boaz something. He's a businessman, but he's going home at this day and over these two months with less grain in his storehouse, less money in his wallet. But they show the actions and prove his true character. Um, Boaz notices people around him. He, he sought to develop authentic connections with his workers, with this foreign woman. He was kind. And, and lastly, Boaz was a generous man. Though he was wealthy, he didn't hoard it. He gave it. Um, and this reminds me of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the question head to heart is, are those descriptors of me and are they growing? Right. And ultimately, we see in chapter two that Boaz put his trust in the Lord. He worked hard. He didn't sit back and expect the work. He was there. He was inspecting. He knew who his workers were. He treated them with kindness. But bottom line, Boaz trusted God to provide. God will provide for my workers. He will provide for those in the community. God will provide for me. And over the past few weeks, we've learned more about Naomi and Ruth. We've been introduced to Boaz and we've quickly realized he is a godly example of generosity and kindness. Gifts, including food, protection, safety, words and actions that bless and encourage those people around him. And in our next episode together, we're going to learn a little bit more about Harvest at the Threshing Floor. May the Lord bless and encourage you in the coming week as you walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.